0: Welcome to Shoot to the Top, a podcast for professional photographers with web designer and marketer Sam Hollis and professional photographer with over 20 years in the industry, Marcus Ahmad. Hi Marcus.
1: Hi there Sam.
0: Good to see you again. So this week we are looking at Seeing the light, starting to use flash in your photography. Marcus, can you introduce us to this topic, please?
1: I certainly can. Now, flash. First of all, let's just get the terminology sorted out a little bit, because our American cousins call it strobe. For the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to be calling it flash, but they're the same thing. And it also does apply to bringing in other lights, just not using ambient light, which is the natural light all about us. So, I started using flash in in my practice, in my photography, when I was at university, so a long, long time ago. Um, I was really influenced by photographers such as Martin Parr, um, Elaine Constantine and Gregory Crudson. I'll put their names in the show notes uh, so you can find a little bit more about them. They all use flash as part of their practice. Now, they didn't use flash just because it was too dark to see properly or for the camera to focus or to take an exposure. They used flash as a means of creating a visual narrative to direct the viewer into a certain area like Martin Parr might use, or to create a story like Gregory Creighton might use. I think this is a really important thing to understand what flash can do. It's not just about illuminating because it's too dark. It's about creating a story, which in the kind of photography that I do, branding photography, it's all about creating a story.
0: So how does this is intriguing to me because a a flash for me is something I, I, the little thing pops up on my EOS and and off it. (laughs) I'd never thought of it as being a story. So how does a flash, how does the light create story?
1: Okay, that's a great question. Uh, i leads me on to my next point, Sam. So after I graduated um, university with all this knowledge about flash, I got a fantastic job assisting a photographer who was one of the top advertising photographers at the time. And I worked with him for about four years. He took me on uh, as a lighting assistant. So I was primarily in charge of setting up all the lights and creating a picture that is similar to what the advertising company wanted. So um, I'll give you an example. One campaign we did was for a very large Australian lager company um, beginning with F. This was back in early 2000 and they wanted an image of a barbecue but uh, if you can imagine this image was going to be split in half. One half of the image was going to be freezing cold winter doing a barbecue and the other side was going to be blazing hot summer uh, doing the barbecue but both shots were done on the same day at the same time. but And presumably sort of the summer side, side, side had
0: the lager, did they?
1: <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. You got it exactly right. I think you got the idea of this campaign. So, yeah, and the winter side was all a bit miserable, but they were still cooking in the barbecue. Now, the only way we could do this, the only way at the time we could do this was by using flash. We used uh, gels on the winter ones, the blue gels, so it was all cold and it was all, you know, a little bit darker. And then on the summer one, we used warm, warm-up warm gels, we call those CTOs, colour temperature orange, to make it look warm and sunny and brighter with the flash. So that's what I mean by a visual narrative. It's a way of telling a story. With a flash, you can turn, and I do this a fair amount, you can turn day into night and night into day. So if I'm working with a client and they work primar- primarily at, at night time with their client, with their clients whatever i would make it try and give it a vibe that it was shot at night time even though he might have shot it early in the morning does that sort of make sense
0: yeah that does that's really interesting and so i'm thinking about equipment now now i don't know if people know my my dad was a wedding photographer and did portraits so i'm thinking back and i used to remember sticking gold umbrellas into lights Hmm. and and moving them around so if you're sort of got a photography business starting a photography business what do you think is the basic things you need, Marcus? Because now you've got obviously the ones that sit on top of your camera as the sort of basic hot shoe flashes, and then you've got all sorts of crazy lighting. So, what do you think is like a basic thing you need to to get started and be able to make a start with the with the lighting?
1: Well, certainly, a great place to start is with the one that goes on your hot shoe, the on-camera flash, as it were. And uh, these days, they, you can get there's lots of different makes to them, and they're really really well made. And you can move the head around so you can bounce it off the sidewalls, bounce it off the ceiling, and you can do all sorts of stuff with it, even when it's on with the camera. So that's a great way to start. So I was just going to say, and
0: then in terms of brand, you're saying the generics are as good as the, you know, as the real camera brand for the flash? Oh, yeah, I just it's say good. names.
1: I don't think we can, can we? I don't think it's good to say names. I don't know why that is, but it's something that people do. Yeah, there's, there's generic camera brands that I, I, I think are better. In fact, got, I would go for a, a range where there's lots of different types of lights uh, that you can build up uh, your collection with. So you can start off with your on-camera flash then you can maybe get another one by the same manufacturer that might be an off-camera flash like a a battery-powered really big battery-powered one or mains powered one for the studio so you keep to the all the same manufacturer then they all talk to each other if that makes sense
0: yeah i was going to ask that so is it a bit like your camera, where once you've got the body, you kind of end up using the same brand because you want your lenses your lenses fit. Is it a similar idea? Once you've picked a brand, you pretty much have to stick with that brand if you want your lighting to work together in a coordinated way.
1: Uh, yeah, and most definitely that is the best way to do it. And I learned that at my cost. You know, for example, I had, when I was working in America, I had one set of equipment over there. When I was working in the UK, I worked with another set. I had the own brand Flash on camera, and it didn't talk to each other. When I started, we built my stock of Flash equipment, I just kept to one manufacturer, and it is so much better.
0: Okay, so it's important, actually, when you get that first flash, to think carefully about what brand you go for, because it might be, you're thinking, i am not got that much money, I want to save costs, but actually, you need to think of the bigger picture and think, actually, this is the first in a series, and unless this is just like a a cheap one, and I'm going to get something different, you know, what brand is it good to get and do the research?
1: Yeah, indeed. I have used a lot of different ones. I've used um, ProPhoto. I've used Elinchrom, I've used Bowens, I've used Broncolor, and now I currently use Godox.
0: Brilliantly. Do you want to talk us a bit more then? Sorry, I interrupted you earlier, Marcus, a bit more about using lighting in your photography.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know some people really don't like using flash or they give their business, their value one of their businesses is they use natural light. I get that. I can see, I mean, natural light when it works well is you can't beat it. It's nothing like it. I mean, when I was working in LA, for example, you'd always know if I was on that rare occasion when I'd be outside the studio, I'd know that like six o'clock in the morning on the beach, it's going to be just a perfect light every day is consistent you know that mist is coming in it's got a nice like a great big soft box type natural light it looks beautiful or if i was shooting in new york i'd know in the evening with the sun setting, it would just be beautiful to go into a rooftop and you get an amazing light in uh, in our country in the UK it's not quite so predictable (laughs) sadly and also when even when working inside I think windows of buildings here are a little bit smaller and there's not there's less light coming on Uh, you know I I I struggle to get a good look in good looking photograph just by using natural light in this country even though I when it is good I do use it when the lighting is just perfect outside, uh, and, and it comes, you know, what I mean by perfect, it could be soft lighting, which might suit a cer- certain subject, or hard lighting, which might be for like a good landscape or whatever. This, uh, But it's very rare that I find that it just works out well for me.
0: So I think if you're out and about doing, say you're outside doing a brand shoot, How much sort of equipment do you think you need to take with you? Is it, you're taking vast quantities of flash, or is it sort of one or two, and that gives you the key tools you need to get a good shoot?
1: Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. One flash, a little speed light taken off your camera, put it on a stand, with a remote triggering it from your camera to the start, to the to, to speed light, is just perfect. You can bounce that off a wall if you're inside of the ceiling and you can get a lovely light coming from the side, not just coming from straight on from the camera, from the side above or whatever. It looks lovely. You might then next want to think, okay, but sometimes I'm not in the room where I can bounce the light off a wall. So then you might get a modifier, which might be a softbox an umbrella that you can pop up in seconds, a beauty dish, all the different little things, you, all the different things you can get. But certainly a speed light with an umbrella on a stand with a remote on your camera is not a massive investment and it will just change the way your photographs look.
0: Amazing. And then is that kind of small enough to so you can take that around with you in your bag?
1: Yes, definitely small enough to take around with you in your bag. And many, many photographers do. You know, I mean, this podcast is is aimed at commercial photographers. And by that, I mean photographers who are getting, tend to work B2B, you know, business to business. You're there to get a photograph and you can't go and say, oh, it didn't quite work out with me. The light wasn't right. You've got to go there and get consistently come up with images that are going to suit their brand and suit your brand as well. So lighting, flash lighting, kicks those boxes for me is for
0: me. If people want to learn more about lighting, if they're thinking I'm not very confident with this, I'm not really sure where to start, is there some good places people can go to get training or more information?
1: There, there certainly is some and that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Um, I mean I, I obviously I have taught a lot of people how to use flash photography. When I was a university lecturer I was, you know, part of my task was to get the students who are all complete beginners, really well not all, most of them are complete beginners, up to a level where they can really understand and use Flash. There's lots of YouTube videos out there which are very good for maybe little details, how to use a certain type of Flash or how to use a certain uh, modifier I think, but generally, and there's books as well, but generally, I think it's good to invest with somebody with lessons on a one-to-one basis or go on a very small workshop with maybe about half a dozen people. The, the, one, the workshops I don't recommend are the ones where they've got a model and you photograph the model with the lighting setup so it looks good for your portfolio. I don't think you learn as much like that as from a proper structured teaching programme.
0: Because presumably on those programmes you're not the one setting up the light and that's where you learn, isn't it? It's, you learn by doing it yourself, by getting the light in the wrong place, you know, in the right place and also in the wrong place and learning from that.
1: Exactly, Sam. And just talking on that point, I think the great thing about digital photography is you can immediately see what that flashlight is doing. You can that's immediately it. see it on the back of your camera, you're tethering it. Yeah. Whereas in the olden days, in the old days with <laughs> film you had to wait for the, the to come back from the lab 24 hours later. So you're getting instant feedback. So it's just great to go out there, make a few mistakes, see what doesn't work, and then find out what does work.
0: Brilliant. So Marcus, do you think you can kind of, we're coming towards the end of time, do you think you can kind of summarise that for us a little bit? Give us a, a few tips of wisdom to kind of summarise what we've talked about?
1: Most definitely. I mean, obviously, I, I'm for me, Flash is the way to go. And if you're going to start working in Flash, Build up a kit that is all from the same manufacturer, so it all talks to each other. And most of all, don't be scared about using it. Just look at the back of your camera. Is it too bright? Is it too dark? Turn the flash up. Turn the flash down. That is basically it.
0: Brilliant. And then that one remote flash on a tripod is is a good way to go and a good way to start and a good way to learn about using flash. Yeah, and for a minimal investment. Brilliant. Thank you, Marcus. Right, I've got a stat of the day for you. So today, video content on your homepage of your website or on a landing page can increase conversion by 80%. That's 80%. So video, in terms of marketing, video is just getting more and more and more important. People find video engaging. They're much more likely to look at a video then read your content. Sam,
1: can I ask you a question on that point? Yeah, of course. On my website, I've got a video. Above the fold, the first thing you see is some behind the scenes photographs, uh, behind the scenes video of me on a photo suit. Yeah, so I really believe in what you're saying there. I think people do like that. But what worries me is it's a big file size. Is that going to affect my loading time? And what's the best way to deal with that?
0: So yes, um, it massively would. So don't host videos on your website. Put your videos on Ah. YouTube and embed them into your website. Your website hosting computer is optimised for websites, not for video. And no matter how much they spend, it's never going to be on YouTube. YouTube are the premier video hosting site aren't they they're massive the amount they spend on optimizing their computers to stream video is unbelievable so there's no point uh-huh. trying to compete host everything there embed it on your website the only time you can't do that if it's background video then you have to host it on your site and as soon as you host stuff on your site those background videos look great but yeah the speed of your site plummets um, so as much as possible youtube go with that
1: god i'm gonna have to check my check my website now to see how i've done it
0: Right, Marcus, it's been great speaking to you. I'll see you next week. Yeah. See you
1: next week, Sam. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. You can like and subscribe on your usual podcast platform. You can find Sam and Marcus on LinkedIn and at websiteforphotographers.co.uk forward slash podcast. See you next week.